0: That's fucking minging though Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast In association with the Sunland Community Soup Kitchen And I'll be honest with you, I cannot be bothered to do this tonight I mean we've just witnessed Sunland Put in probably the worst possible display that they could have um, At this point in the season against Wigan uh, I've spent the last week telling everyone to be a happy clapper And I'm still trying to Trying to remain positive, but in the immediate aftermath of the game, it's very, very difficult to see any positives whatsoever from what we've just witnessed. Um, and join me to discuss this delightful, delightful performance from Sunland, uh, our bomber in Gloucester. Bomber, you've, I've just seen you take a big sip of whiskey there, so that kind of sums everything up to me. You're just going to yeah. drink your troubles away tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proper deflated and sad, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it was something that showed so much promise a week ago or a week and a half ago is now you know like I said it's just it's just gone for, for the minute.
0: That's Sunland, isn't it for you? And I'm also joined by Martin, who is joining us at what is it, Martin? Like half five, nearly in the morning in Australia. So you've been up probably since half two, three o'clock, and then you had to sit through that.
2: Well, uh, it's, it's quite a respectable. Um... Quarter past five in the morning now When the alarm went off at 2.50 To drag me, drag myself out of bed to watch the match I did question my sanity Which I am doing even more so now
0: <laughs> Yeah, some of some of those fans I've interviewed this week From around the world they'll, they'll all be getting up at daft o'clock Just to watch that And I'm sure some of you are listening to this um, uh, Yeah, maybe I f- feel like I've had it bad But no, you you guys have definitely had it worse Let's not waste any time And get straight into the performance Then uh, Martin. I mean, your immediate thoughts on that? I, I guess. I, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, to try and really to to think with a clear head about this at the minute.
2: It is, and you know, ultimately, it's it's a really disappointing performance, really disappointing result, and I think, you know, coming off the the back of Saturday, which at the time I thought was a bit of a blip. I thought Saturday was a game that could have gone either way, and um, eight times out of ten, we probably would have won. Um, tonight was just shite. I think, you know, second half, anyway, I think, it, you know, you talk about a game of two halves and I think that was a ge- almost a game of two halves apart from the last five minutes of the first half. I think, you know, we can delve into the performance and I think, you know, there was some positives in the in the opening spell um, where we, we looked as if we had a little bit of the swagger back that we'd had earlier in, under Lee Johnson, but for whatever reason, it all went to absolute shit. <laughs> in the second half, and we just did not look like a team battling for promotion, never mind no. trying, you know, battling for relegation or anything. We just we just looked completely devoid of ideas. We weren't in the races, and it was just such a massive come down from what we've seen over the past couple of months, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, you're nodding there, Bomber. Hey, do you agree with that?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and like I said, right when you're doing the introductions, Gav, everything was. Uh, you know, at Easter, everything was looking so so good for us, and we were all so positive. And I think I'm I've, I've got a pinned tweet on my Twitter account saying if we get four points from the Easter break, we're going to win the league. And uh, you know, I couldn't look <laughs> I couldn't look any more foolish right now. Um, yeah, similar to what Martin said. It was, it was, if ever there was a stereotypical game of two halves, that was probably it. Um, but it was just a complete lack of like any sort of urgency or fight or desire, considering what's at stake. To go once we once we conceded that equaliser and even when we went two one down there was just there was just nothing it, you did, we didn't look like a team that are trying to catch the top two and get automatic promotion to a champion to the championship we just we just looked like our season was done and we we were just in you know a mid table position it's like oh let's just get this season out of the way lads and play the last few games that, that's what it smacked off to me yeah.
0: it's interesting isn't it when you see and I know I've, a lot of us have said try not to look at Hull. And Peter Brown what they're doing, but they are like playing these teams and they're beating them early in early in the heart ho- first half, you know. They're not they're not dragging it out. I mean Sunderland although we've for a long time looked a lot better than than I would even say Peter Brown Hull, they've they've sort of they've their forms levelled out at this stage where ours has just like gone to shit. Like last couple of games, really difficult to try and put a positive spin on it, to be to be honest, and tonight tops it off. I mean this was when we looked at the last ten games of the season, this was the game in hand. This was the one mm-hmm. everyone looked to and said, Well, we're gonna they, they basically just discounted it. I was probably one of them. Looked at it and went, Wigan, there there's three points, you know. Yeah. that's our game in hand on hull. Um, so we're gonna win that. I mean, Wigan Wigan are fighting against relegation. They needed to win. And I, I said this on the on the pod the other day. Um, sometimes when you come up against a wounded animal, it's the worst possible situation because they're they're fighting for for more than we are, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it. I mean, Wigan who've played in the Premier League not too long ago could drop into League Two. Um, they they need to stay up as much as we need to go up. So it was always going to be a difficult difficult ask, I think, but that doesn't excuse the performance for me. Um, I mean defending on set pieces in the last couple of games has been terrible and today both goals were just awful. Awful. I mean you can't you can't even defend it. <laughs> They they haven't really had to work hard for the win. That's the that's the most embarrassing thing about this, and the toughest toughest thing to take. I think. I mean, we'll go through each player and we'll talk about what Lee Johnson got wrong and and all the rest of it. But as a collective, they just didn't turn up. They didn't turn up and, um, for a team who who were literally a midge's dick away from, from like breaking the top two, for them to put in a performance like that. Is is not good enough. It's not good enough,
2: and I just I just don't don't get it. Like because you know you, we've had this really good run for the last what two two months, haven't we? And we seem to build up that that head of steam, that momentum, and the players seem to really believe in the you know what what Johnson's been telling them in the outcomes that we've been getting from games. And like as we've said, you know on on a number of occasions, we haven't necessarily always played brilliantly. But the players have had the mentality to get over the line, however we needed to, to get the three points. Hmm. And you know, for that that mentality before the before the Charlton game, that mentality seemed to me to be a strong mentality that was running through the squad. And it's it's really concerning that one defeat against Charlton has absolutely evaporated that that belief and that confidence, because as soon as Wigan got that equaliser the the belief you could see the belief it was just sucked out of the the players yeah they didn't you know they didn't want the ball they didn't want to do things try things they were playing it safe and there was just no courage on the ball to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and get get those those points and you know if we can't do that we're we're absolutely stuffed for this season
1: yeah it's, it's it looked like a completely different team didn't it like like you said for for a team that You know, when we when we in the build up to the Checker Trade Final and and in the games following that, we we were all on here week after week saying. You know how good is it to see the players enjoying themselves, looking confident. You know, we were we we as fans, even if we went behind in a game, which in that run was was relatively rare. But even when we went behind, we we just had every confidence, and the players looked like they had confidence to get back into it and and come away with three points, even going a goal down mm. or or going up and 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 being equalised against. But the last two weeks, it just it just looks like it's a completely different team. It, it looks back to that team that you know goes a goal down and ends up scratching their head and, and wondering what the hell are we going to do now? Hmm.
0: Okay, we'll go through the uh, four word reviews. I gave everyone an extra word tonight because I knew there would be swear words in there. To an and, insert you know, and expletive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you've got to give people an extra word when they're going to be swearing. Um. So we'll quickly flick through some of those. Limmy Finnegan says, Sunland did a Sunland. Uh, Matt Paget says, Useless, Shambolic, See you next Tuesdays, knobheads. Mark from Ithic says, Fuming, McFume face, Fume factory. <laughs> um... Daniel Jenks says Park Ian Johnson suit. Ooh. Pablo New New Tavern says uh, Fuck you, Phil Parkinson. Glenfest is horny for League One. Uh, David <laughs> Hamblin says prolific at Wembley nowadays. Uh, Tom Mua says the balls have shriveled. Gaz Fisher says see you next season. Thomas J says huge opportunity fucked completely. Uh, Neil Chandler White fucking dog shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leon Fryat, biggest bottle jobs possible shite. Uh, Ian Richardson, Classic Sundland, absolute bottle jobs. Uh, Glenn says says uh stop fucking tinkering please. Uh Dorf says what's our playing style. Adam Thika says paid money for Stuart. Um Simon Winyard says always the same shite. And Alex will end on says fucking waste of time. Yeah everything along the everyone's just pissed off frustrated and hmm. probably thinking along the same lines just i mean to be honest um i don't feel angry i feel really disappointed i just feel really really let down that the players just didn't turn up, and that the manager didn't turn up either. You know he got him. He got it wrong just as much as the rest of them did. And on that note, let's jump into player ratings. I'm gonna give everybody three at a time, just so we can blast through them, and then maybe whinge a bit more at the end about um about the overall performance and state of play. Uh, I'll start. I'll go with the first three, which are Lee Burge, uh, Bailey Wright, and John Sanderson. Burge, I've gave a six in the first half, and then a five at full time. Uh, I don't really know why I gave him five. I think it's just because he conceded two, but I wouldn't say he was at fault for either goal. He was really let down by the defence in front of him today, I think. Um, Bailey Wright, considering it was his first game back, I think I've probably been a bit nice to him and gave him a five. I've seen a few people slagging him off on Twitter at the end and they were probably right. He didn't play particularly well, but then he was thrown in at the deep end coming in for Conor McLaughlin during the warm-up and probably didn't expect to play um, more than maybe 10, 15 minutes at the end. So considering he came in, I think the first half, he was a bit of a threat in their box, but you could probably attribute some of the blame for that first goal to him. So I've got him down as a five. Um, and Sanderson, I thought again, like right, was poor for the first goal, went missing. um, And that's probably one of the things that's went under the radar the last few weeks. Deion Sanderson's not been as good. Um... As he as he perhaps was when we were on a good run, which is understandable. He's a young player, so his his form's going to drop if the whole team's does. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody disagrees with those marks at all. I think it's difficult to mark the defence today, considering we conceded two crap
1: goals. No, well, I I gave I gave Wright and Sanders in both fours, because um, I thought they were I thought they were poor. Uh, I've I've not given Bailey Wright the credit that. That you perhaps have for, for coming back in, Um and Lee Berger gave a six. Uh, I said nothing to do with either of the goals. Just offered very, very little mm. protection, and and he can ask questions of his defence. Yeah.
0: Okay. You can take the next three. Then bomber. We've got Luke O'Neill, Denver Hume, and Josh Scone. Um That was Denver Hume's first start since he returned from injury. Uh, the other yes. two probably, probably,
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I'll start with Hume because that's probably the highest mark of the of the three. Um, it's still a, it's still a six. Uh, some of the notes that I've got, I said you can still tell that he's bringing that sharpness back. He wasn't as effective or as or as direct as as pre-injury, um, but you can see he's getting there. there. There's there's there are times on the ball where he, he he's looking all right and he's looking to to go direct. Um, I thought he was all right um, defensively. Um, I don't think he, he kind of threw any major ricks or errors in there, uh, but he's just not as effective as, as he was pre-injury. But that's that's going to come. I I, I, put, I don't can't really pick him out for anything in particular that he did wrong. So um, it, it's a it's a six. Uh, the other two, so a nine. I've given a four. Um, for me, a nine. Whenever he has blamed for a goal and he's probably been at fault for three of the last four goals that we've conceded it always is from the exact same thing so he's got he's he's either got too tight to his man yeah and been turned far too easily like that goal um i forget who scored it now um the first uh wigan goal um He's just too tight to the man, and he's taken ha- a touch half a yard to the side, and he's kind of like half volleyed it in, and, and two or three goals we've conceded that way, and it's all been on on the back of of Luca and I getting too tight and o- over committing, trying to win the ball. I think I think Danny Collins has mentioned it on the commentary a couple of times as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a four from him. Poor was marginally better um, out at right back than at um, at, sen- at right centre back or left centre back, wherever it was he ended up playing. Um, but yeah, not very good from him at all. And who was the other one? Gav Scowan? Scowan, yeah. Yeah, so I've given Scowan a five. Um, I've put plenty of industry, lacking quality. Um, Scowan's never going to, uh, I've said this before, Scowan's never going to be a, a seven or eight out of 10 player on these ratings anyway because no. he's um, he just doesn't, he's not that sort of player. Um, but the things that he does do well, he wasn't particularly great at. He was okay at, but he wasn't particularly great at. Um, But yeah, plenty of interest in industry, um, lacking quality. Five out of ten. Max
0: Power, Jack Diamond and Aidan Mcgee. Martin uh, Power was yanked off pretty early after playing poorly. But
2: was that like that Rodney Marsh story when he played for was it Rodney Marsh when he played for England and he he said the the manager had said to him if you if you don't play well in the first half I'm going to pull you off at half time he said well at Man City we only get oranges. <laughs> um, um, max Power. Okay, I think I think Power's kind of um, failed to really control that game. And look, I think like the rest of the team, he started off pretty pretty well, and he was kind of prompting the the team. And, you know, the, the team really pressed well in the first twenty minutes or so. But power kind of really fell off badly. And you know, in the second half, when you want your captain to step up and take the game by the scruff of the neck, he he went missing with, with everybody else. So mm. I've given him a, a four. Um, just because I expect better from him as well. As the captain, we need better from him. Yeah. Um, Jack Diamond, I, I thought Jack Diamond was excellent in the first 35, 40 minutes. Um, I was really surprised to actually see him in, in the starting lineup. I thought it was a bit of a, the The team selection kind of smacked a little bit of a a roll of the, the dice from from Johnson and see yeah. what we could what we could do and obviously we'll come on to to Johnson later on but I thought Diamond did really well in the first half he he was mm-hmm. pressing well he was driving the players he was getting to the byline getting across the byline into the box and I thought he actually did well and, I, and you know to be fair to him in the first half I had him down as an, an eight. And you know he got took took off after you know a disappointing fifteen minutes of the second half, like everybody else had. So, I'd I'd probably give him a maybe a six and a half or a seven. I thought he was probably our better best player when we get to man of the match. Um, yeah. But no, I thought he did well. I thought you know given that he hasn't he hasn't played much at all over the past few months as well. I thought he he did well and he did he did it at Wembley as well, didn't he? He he had a great sort of cameo at Wembley, which he's disappeared again from the team since since then, really. So. I was, I was pleased to see him back. I, I like Diamond. And who else? Did I have McGeady? Yeah, McGeady. Um, I I don't like McGeady in that central role, I have to say. I don't think he it really plays to his, his strengths, but I thought he did. Again, he was one of the players who did well in the first half, set up the goal with a lovely, lovely ball in, and he looked to get on the ball and make things happen in the first half. Again, second half disappeared. So, overall, I've given him... I've got five and a half. You can you can toss it up between a five and a six, but yeah, um, yeah. Again,
0: I, I, I'll be honest. I yeah, you, I agree with you. I think I think Aidan McGeady
2: um, good assist, but did he do anything other than that? Really, mm. He's that's the at, thing. Like, in that in, in that second half, sorry, bomber. Like you, you, we needed McGeady. We needed power. Those are the players we needed. To take yeah, that game and lift the rest yeah. of the team. If like everybody else is down, you know, down for whatever reason, those are the players we need to step up and really take the game by the scruff of the neck. And both of them have failed to do that today. Yeah,
1: yeah I think the, the thing with MagiDi is in that. I think I can't remember who said it. I was on a po- I was on a podcast the, the, the other week. I think it might be Matty Crichton said that McGee in that um, in that ten role or that role just behind the striker on paper is absolutely perfect. In in reality whilst he's good at finding himself in pockets of space, but kind of between the lines, McGee's strength and he's most lethal for us when he's getting a fullback one-on-one and he's beating the man either on the outside yeah, or on yeah. the inside mm-hmm. and delivering or shooting. And, you know, when he's picking the ball up in those central areas, he can only go left or right. And whichever direction he chooses is against his natural instinct to cut in because he's going out wide. Yeah, um, yeah. So in, in reality, McGee is nowhere near as effective as perhaps he should be on paper, at least. Um, in that central, in that central berth uh, behind the striker, but so and it showed today. He yeah. wasn't anywhere near as effective.
0: Yeah, I'll take the last two then. Jordan Jones. I've given a five-two, probably his worst performance for Sunderland. I'd say nothing came off for him. I would. I mean, he did. He did win us some free kicks in the first half, which were useful because they were around the box and. Um, he just, but he just seemed to get worse as the game went on. I think I'm probably being generous with the five, to be honest. Um, but that's probably for me the worst game he's had in a Sunderland shirt. Um, I don't know how the left
2: back didn't get a broken mind in the first half when he. Yeah. You know how the yeah, left back didn't that. get that broken like Yeah. Chopped him down, didn't he?
0: Yeah. Um, and Charlie White, I've given a six-two. I'm glad he's back on the on the score sheet, but just offered us nothing other than that. Like, I think I would have scored the the. The, from the cross that McGeady put on a plate to him. Um I mean you've got to credit him, I suppose, from for the run and timing it well, but um I would like to see him like I, I think Will Keane for them was brilliant today. He was all over the pitch, he was linking up the play. He was mm. our centre half struggled to deal with him. It was like a proper centre forward performance from Keane. And I was I was like, you know, sometimes I wish I would say that from Mike, like that sort of um all action um centre forward who Gets on the score sheet, but also is very influential. And, and, you know, that sort of highlighted his performance to me because their striker had a good game. Um, I'll blast through the subs quickly and all because I think there's probably only one of them worth talking about. McFadden did very little for me. N- n- same with Ed Bitter. They both came on at the same time. Don't really think they offered us anything, but I gave them sixes. Gucci, I think, actually, considering he's been poor for a few weeks, um, did okay. Danny Collins highlighted it a few times about how well he'd done just getting down the line and crossing the ball into the box, but we just didn't capitalise from any of it. Um, and Ross Stewart, I thought was poor. I just thought he was like a plank mm-hmm. up front. Um, <laughs> just made us worse, actually, for him being on the pitch up there. He'd done nothing right. Um, and I've gave him a five, and again, I'm probably being generous. Um, and I've just quickly shot through six there, but is there anything you disagree with, lads? Because I think no. those, those, are, those are pretty think... simple ones to rate tonight. Gooch.
1: Gooch for what how long was he on half an hour or so that yeah. half an hour is probably the best half an hour he's had in in a good three or four weeks for for yeah. us um He was a seven for me until that st- he, he made the stupid tackle like three minutes into added time when all we needed to do was just make sure the ball didn't go out of play so they could waste more time and he went steaming out and and, and put this stupid foul in. So he, that dropped into a six for me, but the others, yeah, he, you know, there's, I've literally written nothing for them yeah. apart from Stuart was poor.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair play. Uh, so, man, the match then. I, I, I guess you're going to say a diamond Martin, considering you said he, he, he was probably yours. I would agree with you. Actually, that's what I've got written down. Well, it's,
2: it, it's not, it's not much, much combination. No, <laughs> nothing.
0: He was, he was definitely our best player, and I'm, I would, I was scratching my head when he came off. Uh, but we will get onto that when we start talking about Lee Johnson in a second. Do you disagree with that, by the way, bomber? Uh, anything, anyone else I, I you
1: would like throw in I can't disagree with it I think I've been a bit belligerent with it and I, I, because he was the only person who I didn't see do anything wrong I actually gave it to Lee Burge just <laughs> just for the crack because <laughs> um, he was he was the only player that genuinely didn't do anything wrong I, I
0: concede two goals but we'll not uh, nah, to be fair you're right I, I said the same when I marked him yeah it maybe him a little
1: wrong. bit tongue in cheek but yeah I've just given it for Burge because I think he's the only one who, who didn't do anything wrong it
0: feels a bit pointless giving a man the match when you've played yeah, like exactly. anyways doesn't it yeah. Um yeah. Onto the manager then, this is why I wanted to blast through those ratings because tonight I think this is the first time where I think he's just got other than the team selection, which I think on paper looked alright. Did he do anything right today? I mean tactically we look crap. He threw four subs on um at once. Again, people are starting to highlight this as a problem because it's like been the last four games or something. We've been that dire that he's had to throw loads of subs on to try and change the game. What does that say about your initial plan? You know, I mean, what what do I think about Johnson tonight? Am I being a bit, a bit harsh by saying what I've said there? Or is, is a little bit of this on him?
2: With 40 minutes of the game gone, I was sat there going, thinking to myself, we look like a promotion win side. Yeah, we controlled it. We had the swagger, we were playing well. And for whatever reason, we've developed this really soft belly from set pieces. We conceded two on Saturday from set pieces. We conceded two tonight from set pieces. Yeah. And you know, how much you can actually put on Johnson's management of the game, as opposed to the coaching that's going on during the week and all that sort of stuff. I, I, I don't know. Um. Whatever he said to them at half time was completely the wrong thing, wasn't <laughs> it? Because yeah. we, we looked absolutely dire in the second half and, whatever he said to them to spur them on to go out and you know, cause to that that was a must-win game let's let's make no bones about that that if we want to go up automatically tonight was a must-win game we haven't done it so that half-time team talk was the the biggest test of his career at Sunderland to date to my mind yeah and he's categorically mm-hmm. failed it because yeah. we looked appalling in that second half the four subs thing you know it's you know it's, it's almost like when parkinson got into that, um, you know, he, he stumbled upon a formation, stumbled upon a starting eleven, and he didn't want to change it because he thought, oh, that works, brilliant, we'll keep doing that. And, you know, Johnson, it, the four subs paid off for Johnson against Peterborough. So he's tried it on Saturday, it didn't work. He's tried it at night, it didn't work. And if you happen to make four subs after 60 minutes of a game, three times in a row, you're not getting something right to start with.
0: Yeah, totally right. Anything to add there, Bomber?
1: No, I think uh, not really. The only thing that I, I would say, uh, he's kind of obviously living and dying by that four substitutes thing. And he made it clear, very clear, in his post-match in the Charlton game that certain players left, uh, you know, let him down um, and that he'd need to think about making changes. So I can only assume that he may- takes that mentality. like He gives players a job to do. And if by 60 minutes they're not doing it, irrespective of whether it's one person not doing it or four people not doing it, they're coming off. Um, and I, I can only think that's why he's doing it and he you know he's, he's living and dying by that and when it pays off we all talk about it being great management and great game management and when it doesn't we all question it um time will tell whether or not it's a good tactic or not because if we win more games than we lose by him doing it it will be it'll be good management but hmm. yeah i, I was less scratching my head um today by, by some of the decisions um it was definitely one of his poorer tactically certainly second half and like martin said whatever he said to them in the at half time obviously sent them to sleep because they just were not bothered is promotion dead then martin in terms of
0: automatic promotion i mean what do we have to do do you think to go up automatically i think by my mind we just have to win every game now and that's going to be difficult isn't it
2: yeah look we're we're looking for snookers now aren't we to get mm. get up automatically and i think it's you know i, I think the bookies will probably reflect that we are Major outsiders out of the three teams to get one of those automatic two two positions, um. But look, we've we've got to still you know have have that focus. That promotion is eminently achievable this season. Yeah, you know we've we've got the playoffs if if we don't go up automatically, which it's it's looking unlikely now. And I think you know the the challenge for for Lee Johnson, and it's you know we've we've been critical of him tonight and rightly so. But let's you know let's remember he's done. Bloody well over the past few months since he's come yeah. in, he's 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 done he's done a really good job, and you know he's he's still obviously hampered by the squad makeup that that he was left with, and you know you talked about Charlie White there earlier, Gav, with um you know comparing him to to Will Keane, but you know we started off the the season with Charlie White and Danny Graham as our two strikers, and we can only ever play one way with with those type of strikers, hmm. and um. You know, Charlie White's obviously had a great run of form and like it, I think I was Marco Marco Gabbiadini had a, a thing on Twitter where he he caused a bit of controversy by saying, you know, the, the elephant in the room was that Charlie White can only score one type of goal. But it is one and he scored exactly the same type of goal at night, the ball in the box and the first time finish. And that's that's his goal. You know, I, I made a comment during the game, you know, if if we had a, a player like Kevin Phillips in that team, who could pick the ball up from thirty yards, drive at the the, the box, put one in the top corner, do the, the work out, out wide. You know, that, that team would be far better. And Lee Johnson's really hampered by that lack of forward options. You know, he hasn't necessarily helped himself by signing Ross Stewart in in January, but you know, we don't know what else was available. So I think um he's got to find another way of us scoring if we're going to go up. And that's the big challenge for him because you know we had so many set pieces tonight. We had, what, 11, 12 corners. We had three kicks from outside the box, and we never threatened once. Hmm. And if we can't score, if we can't find a different way from scoring from open play, we've got to maximise those set pieces because otherwise we're going to come up short.
0: Yeah, the the other elephant in the room, and we haven't even touched on this, where's Chris Maguire? Like, what's he doing playing for the 23s? In a game like that yeah. tonight, that's the type of player I want to put on. I don't want to be putting Ross Stewart on. I want to be putting Chris Maguire on. Somebody who can rifle really it batten. in from 25 yards. Like, I'm... This is one thing that I've got to try and get my head round a bit, is why why is he clearly not in favour of Maguire? Maguire's not been in his thinking since he came in, has he, really? Um no. he sort of forced his way in at one stage, um, by coming off the bench and scoring that great goal against Crew that again came from behind and Maguire was the man who scored the the, the equaliser. Um I'm telling you now, in the situation we were in tonight we needed Chris Maguire on that pitch and we didn't have him on the even on him on the bench. Um
2: Maybe Still that's Parkinson's something the Yeah, well
0: yeah. I actually think Johnson's gotta look at him go, is it really uh, there's obviously a problem there. I'm gonna guess it's the it's the thing that's plagued Maguire through his career. He's not a great trainer. Um that's well known. I'm presuming he's just not cutting it in terms of preparation before games with the manager because that's always been Maguire's problem through his career. Um but does Johnson have to look at it and think, I might have to just stomach this for a few games because I need a player like that in my squad? Like, I know Gooch came on and did okay tonight, and he can be a, a, a match winner. Um, but when you're throwing mcFadson on and Ledbetter and Stewart, I'm just sat there thinking, you need that option off the bench when you're losing 2-1 and, and, and you're playing a team who are struggling and concede goals. You need a Chris Maguire on the pitch. Um and that's not really been talked about. And maybe because that because the results have been okay, that's maybe why we've not talked about it much. But tonight, he he would have been a, a massive, massive um, you know, plus to, to have amongst those
1: options on the bench for me. I was gonna say Chris maguire has got a bit of a reputation for himself of of scoring big goals, of scoring good goals, and getting us out of shit, basically. Hmm. Um so You know, if there's one person out of anybody else who's not starting tonight that you would want on the bench, it is Chris Maguire. And he was completely missing. And, you know, there's a danger of Johnson cutting his nose off to spite his face a little bit in in not selecting him. Um, Even if it's just for those moments where you need a goal, you need to get back into a game. Whether you like it or not, he's got the capability of turning a game on its head in just a single moment, in 30 seconds of play. Mm -hmm. So he needs to be there as an option.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll round off there, lads. I've depressed everyone enough by having to talk about that. <laughs> uh, that game. Um, who do we play next? I mean, I, this is one thing I've not really done. Blackpool. Blackpool, of course. Yeah, we're playing Blackpool. It's the first of two games coming up. A team who are right up our backside in the playoff places.
1: Beat Peter be the First of well. four games. Yeah, the they're a team who
0: they're a team who I don't really fancy playing right now, but. Martin said it before, until it's over, we can't just throw the towel in. Sunland mm. still can go up automatically. Things have got to go our way. We've got to keep winning games. That's the challenge that Johnson's got to set the players. You're now underdogs. Everybody was talking about how Sunland, it was a formality, that Sunland were going to go up automatically. Now, um, we're out of favour because we've we've had a couple of bad results and the challenge he has to set those players is you have to win every game. You have to go out there, you have to prove why you're good enough because when Peterborough Hole do slip up, you need to be ready.
1: You need to be ready to jump in and, and, and sort of catch them off guard. Yeah, the, the one thing I was going to say, just in closing, Gav, on, on that, is is we, we can't give up. Until it's this, mathematically impossible, I know it's a cliche, you just can't give up. You look at the last six weeks, in the last six weeks, Peterborough have lost to Burton, they've drawn with Rochdale, they've lost to Blackpool. In that same period of time, Hull have drawn with Gillingham, drawn with Shrewsbury, uh, lost to Ipswich. There's, you know other teams are going to drop points I would say before these last two games I'd say we could afford to lose two of our last eight games we can't lose another we can't even drop another point now but it's still on it's definitely still on
0: yeah no, I agree with you that's pre- probably a good note to end on because yeah yeah. It's maybe, I think clearer heads tomorrow morning people might think a bit more along those lines and when they're listening to this people will probably have calmed down a little bit and mm. maybe that's the way people will think about things um, over the coming weeks but we have to. We said this weeks ago. We have to take one game at a time, but it's it, it's massive now with this this Blackpool game. We have to beat them. And we have to just keep on winning. And that's a challenge that Johnson has to set the players. Like I said, uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us, lads. Always good to catch up, regardless of the fact son and was shit. Always enjoy talking, uh, and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back at the weekend. Cheers. Don't